We wish to acknowledge the traditional caretakers of the land we record this podcast on, the Yuggera people and their continued connection to the land and waterways of Yuggera country. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Yeah, <laughs> and we're started. Georgie, we're starting. This is the Sports Social Podcast. Pod, 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 pod. Podcast. Pod. We're plotters. No, we're still, we're still going. I hate you guys. No breaks here. I hate you guys. We're chatting all things sportish. And before we even get going today, we immediately need to work through the idea that Charles Leclerc, who is one of the drivers for the Ferrari F1 team, has just released his third song. Can I quickly jump in and say it was so funny because last week we were like, F1's boring, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> boring, boring, boring. And then, and then. Well, no, there was a race over the weekend. Details. Uh, probably Max. Max won. I know Carlos was, on the, Max. was on the podium. Yeah. But Charles Leclerc has released and my, my immediate reaction was, how can it be that these incredibly talented humans who also are all very good looking can also play music? Like it's just not fair. And then you said to me, but can he? <laughs> but can he, Georgie? Or is he just very good looking and a very good F1 driver and nobody told him no? And nobody said no, Charles, no. No, Charlie, put the keyboard away. <laughs> and then we looked at Spotify and the song titles are Oz 23, no. <laughs> Mia 23, which I have to imagine is something to do with Miami. Oh, yeah. And then Mon 23. Which so would is, be Monza, wouldn't it? Is he, is he, <laughs> is, is he titling them? After F1 courses. Are these songs about the race? That's what I was wondering. <laughs> is it his experience of that race well, that well, year? They come before the race. Is so this oh. Charles is the like Musical? <laughs> how he's feeling before he races maybe? Oh, my goodness. Leclerc. <laughs> Up in lights. <laughs> okay. I so- really hope it's good. I mean, it's not going to be. We haven't listened. Be positive. We don't know. We haven't listened. I almost guarantee you that nobody's told him no. He shouldn't (laughs) be doing that. (laughs) Okay, so at this point, we're going to listen to it. We can't play it on air because we don't have lawyers. Blah blah blah. Legal stuff. Copyright. (laughs) Yeah, it's called copyright law. Law, (laughs) Rules. Blah blah blah. It's close enough, I guess. (laughs) So. We will come back to you in just a minute. Okay, so. (laughs) It was fine. It's fine. He's a good good pianist. Yeah, he is. And (laughs) he's a good driver. Yeah, he is. So actually. He's fine. We're right. What I said was right. You're wrong. uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think art is subjective and clearly we've landed on opposite sides. It's not, to be clear, it's not to my taste. Like would I turn that on? No. But you cannot dispute the fact that he is also talented. He can play. In musical arts. Yes. How is that fair? No. 
Jam it, Charlie. Can we just do a quick Google and see if any other drivers have written songs? It's so it's always so I feel exciting like Lewis for Hamilton. listeners. Mm, I think so. Let me check. Mm. Is he? I mean, Charles Leclerc has a blue tick on Spotify. <laughs> is that is that a legit thing, um, or do you I just pay know. for it? <laughs> is it like Instagram? <laughs> uh, Lewis at Hamilton also has a blue tick on Spotify. Uh, more for his playlists, though. Oh yeah, he's into playlists, Lewis Hamilton. I don't. I think don't he... see Charles Leclerc in those playlists. <laughs> no, you don't. Not vibing it, Lewis. Oh, I think that's the Mercedes Ferrari. Tension on the grid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know how Charles's stuff fits into Island Vibes, Summer Break, and Chill Vibes. Oh, maybe Chill Vibes. Yeah, he's got to send yes. that across to Lewis. He's got to update that playlist. Yeah, Otherwise, he, it's he over. Yeah. We probably spent too much time on this, didn't we? Yeah, they, we did. We did. This yeah. has gone on way too long. <laughs> Ding. Hi, my name's Aidan Toa, and what I love about sport is the ability to bring communities together, the camaraderie and the friendships that you build within your sporting teams. Joining us now is Ish Nori, who is the captain of the Brisbane Roar. Welcome, Ish. How are you? All hail, Ish. <laughs> Our captain. Oh, captain. <laughs> and Libby's talking that way because off the back of the Matildas, we have decided that we need a team. We need a team that we can follow day in, day out. Yes. When there's not a World Cup, where are we yes. going for soccer? And we've both decided it's the Brisbane Roar. Of course it's the Brisbane Roar. I apologise <laughs> to any of our listeners who are from other parts of the country, but we are Brisbane Roar supporters. We are on your bandwagon. How how has this been from a, a player's perspective? Because it's so interesting for me because I'm, I'm fresh on the bandwagon here into soccer, but it, how has it been for you as a player? Because obviously you've known this love of the game for for many years, I assume. Yeah, it's been crazy in the best possible way. Super chaotic. There's things going on, but it's just amazing to see all the support we've gotten and now the visibility and everything around um, women's footy. So it's been absolutely amazing. And thank you so much for the support. (laughs) (laughs) No. We're we're deep in it. We are absolutely (laughs) loving it. And it's been cool to see that as the weeks have rolled on, post-World Cup, so many of the teams, their membership is just outstripping expectation left, right and centre. Has that happened for the Raw? Yeah, we're well past our um, membership numbers from last year. So it's just skyrocketing and we just hope the momentum keeps going. And it's just a shout out to Brisbane for all the support as well. How did you get into soccer? Like obviously it's the world game and that's that's a whole thing. But in Australia it has previously not had a lot of attention compared to other footy codes. How did you start playing in in soccer? Yeah, super interesting. So my family is actually from baseball background. Oh, cool. cool. Like we used to, I used to play, um, my family's still heavily involved. Mum's now coaching over in America, doing big things. Um, Yeah, my stepdad's into it as well. So, yeah, it's been a family affair ever since I was, yeah, little. So I just, I think I, we were driving past the soccer field and I was just like, 
I just want to try that. Something different rather than baseball. I was there every week, so I just wanted to try something new. Um, I think I was about eight at the time. But, yeah, that's literally how I got into it. I just was driving past and I just wanted to try it. So, Did you want to be different to the rest of your family? Did you feel like you needed to have your own thing? I think so, like looking back on it now. But I was just super young and I was just, to be honest, I was over being around baseball. <laughs> You're like, I will choose any other sport. Soccer looks good. (laughs) Anything else. (laughs) It was, um, yeah, I mean, I shouldn't say that around my parents. No. I mean, (laughs) just between us, the three of us. Um, No, honestly, just that. I was just a kid and just being dragged to baseball every weekend. It sounds so bad. But, yeah, I just wanted to try something new and that was around the corner from us at the time. So I just... Yeah, did it and did it with the boys and stuck to it and kind of was playing both. And I got to a stage where I had to kind of pick and mm. I just went to soccer. So when you started playing soccer, you had to play in a in an all-boys team? Yeah. So back then, I think it was under sevens or eights I, I started and I played up until I was 12 with the boys. And then back then, that was the first pathway. Um, so you hear many female footballers didn't have a pathway back then and we were kind of the first generation to go into a female's pathway um so I was about 12 and then I went to a Brisbane league that they just made purely for girls so we did that and then yeah QAS from there and then Raw from there. So Ish what was it like to be watching a world cup on home soil what what was that feeling for you? It was insane. Um, goosebumps, like every time walking into the stadiums. Yeah, I was lucky enough to go to a fair few games and even the semi final down in Sydney. So, honestly, like just goosebumps and singing the national anthem with everybody in the crowd, mm. just watching the girls walk out, um, playing. Oh, it's just incredible. So, did you have a favorite moment? Oh, God, I was about to ask that. Yeah. Yes. Did you have a favorite moment? Because, like, I probably had two, obviously Courtney Vine and the the penalty kick, like obviously that was amazing. But also Mary Mary Earps from uh, England doing the save and like I don't know. Oh <laughs> that yeah, really that got fierce. me going in the in the final. Like that fierceness yeah. and that intensity. And I'm just like, yes, this is what women's yeah. sport is about. Like, oh the grit and the fierce I, yeah, the fire. I just loved it. Did you have a favorite uh, moment? I think, yeah, definitely Courtney's. Um, I was in the crowd and it was just crazy. It's just I've never experienced a crowd like that Um, and I know for the girls how amazing that would be to play um, in front of that crowd. So, What did you think was the difference between those crowds at the World Cup and crowds you've seen around soccer before? Um, I think just... It was literally the numbers as well. And then you've got all generations. You've got the younger generation, girls and boys, and you've got the older generation, again, like parents and grandparents and and whatnot coming in all together. Like it's just to watch a female football game, like it gives me shivers. Yeah, I just got goosebumps as well. I didn't get to go to any of the games, but from what I understood, it it just felt friendly. Like it was a friendly, family-orientated atmosphere which I just don't think you necessarily get 
with men's sport. Um, yeah. You know, it can be very alcohol fueled. It can be very aggressive and, you know, swearing and all those sorts of things. And I'm not saying that that didn't necessarily occur, but it just felt a lot more friendly and a more, more, lot more supportive and engaged in that way. Yeah, 100%. Like I felt that too, um, being there and and seeing it and feeling the atmosphere. Um, obviously, like you want your team to win mm. um, and there's always going to be banter in the crowd, but there was never like any hostility or anything like that. So, yeah, all around it was just an awesome World Cup. What are you looking forward to in the upcoming season off the back of this World Cup? And it, and it could be like a double-edged sword, like we've just had this amazing sporting moment and now all this attention is on the women's game in Australia and what it's going to deliver. What are you looking forward to? It's just so exciting to see mm. everybody get around it and see non-footballers. I mean, for like example, us. yourself. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> yes, that's us. Yeah. <laughs> Just to, like, get amongst it. I think that's the thing. It's just the crowds. Like, we've never had numbers like this before. So it's just going to be so exciting to see and and walk out on the pitch and, you know, feel this um, these emotions as well like you've never felt before. And hopefully we can just continue that throughout um, the league and even the future. So for new people who don't know where they can watch or, you know, how to buy tickets. Do you, what's your best recommendation for getting into it or signing up to a membership? What What do you recommend? Definitely um, jump on social media, yeah. research your teams in the area, um, look at their websites. I'm sure that they'll have their memberships up there um, and just kind of go from there. When does the season what, start? Um, for us, it is the 15th, but we're in Melbourne our first games away and then our first home games on the 21st of October. So we will be there. I'm definitely being there. Yeah. Absolutely. Obsessed. (laughs) And so again, for all the newbies out there, is this a sport that has merch? Like if people wanted to buy a t-shirt that says I'm a Raw supporter or I'm a Sydney FC supporter or whatever it may be. Or has your name on the back. That's what I'm going to get. Yeah. Nori. (laughs) (laughs) Where can we get gear from? It's a tough one with sponsors and the league, but obviously like um, with the momentum now, um, so it's definitely going to be something we're going to look forward to in the future for more merch. Um, As for now, we can get jerseys from the club and I think Rebel is a part of that as well. Awesome. Um, But, yeah. I'll just just put your name on the back anyway. (laughs) We can just go to Spotlight and sort that out. (laughs) I know. I think. I know. It's a. It's, but it'll be in the works. Yeah, yeah I love. But that's what I. That's yeah. what I love. Like it. It's crazy to me how much of an opportunity this is for women's sport, and you know, specifically talking to soccer. I just think it's so exciting. Like I want to buy all of the merch. <laughs> No, and I've had friends say that as well, like non-soccer people come in and be like, all right, I need to get kitted out. Where yes, can I go? Yes. <laughs> um, but that's the thing is like in the past we've never really had the funds or the visibility or people wanting this stuff. Yeah. So now that like it's really amping up, um, it's definitely going to be in the future for sure. So slowly but we're getting there. So many great steps in the right direction, hey? Ish, if any of our listeners were watching the World Cup are there any of the Matildas playing for the Brisbane Roar? Tamika Yallop, yes. Oh, oh, there you go. Amazing. Yeah, so she's been 
a legend of the club um, in the past and, and obviously now it's going to be awesome to see her back in the orange. And we did have Katrina last year, but she's overseas in Sweden. I'm killing it over there. So hopefully we can get a couple more back. And Fox was a part of the club. Yeah, she's been a legend. So, And the, the only other question as a, as a newbie to the sport is like who who is the favourite, like which is the favourite team for this year? Like where does the Raw sit? Who who <laughs> should we be looking out for in the upcoming season? Of course I'm going to say Raw. Of course. <laughs> I was hoping you <laughs> were going we to. just put the Raw just to the side at the top, <laughs> who else should we be looking out for? Oh, Sydney FC is always up there. They're tough. Um, yeah, credit to them. They've just built an amazing squad and and their club. Um, and Melbourne City is always up there as well as Melbourne Victory. Okay. So, yeah. This is good information. This is amazing but, information. But obviously the Royals going to win, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they look, can come second, third and fourth. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's the aim um obviously we want to win and we want to make top four and be the prems and win the grand finals so that's definitely what we're aiming for this year we are so excited to see this season come about and yeah we're we are going to be front and center supporters of you guys and you have just been brilliant ish thank you so much for your time Thank you guys so much for all the support and, yeah, can't wait to see you guys there. <laughs> I'll have my little, what are they called? Maracas. Pom- pom- Pom-poms. Maracas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, Why can't we have maracas? <laughs> we could. We could start a thing. Are you a scarf? <laughs> yeah. Yes. A couple of scarves floating around. Get you guys kitted out. Yes. Amazing. Thanks, Ish. Awesome. Thanks, guys. My name's Emma, I'm eight years old and I love sport because it's inspiring. What's been going on at the US Open? Why does everyone keep telling me to go and watch Coco Golf? Well, I mean, we're in the second week of the US Open, which is very exciting. Lots is happening. I mean, I can't really tell you what's happening on the men's side, but the women's side is super exciting. Okay. So Coco, I mean, Coco Golf is... Oh, she's so funny. She's uh, a young American tennis player and she kind of made some big news in the first week because in one of her matches she noticed that Justin Bieber and his <laughs> wife Hayley were watching her. And in her, and I've always wondered this about tennis players because, like, they have some big yeah, people coming to watch them play. You know, there might be princes and princesses. Or I think in one of her earlier matches, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama were yes. watching. But for some reason, Justin Bieber really piqued her interest, and she recognized him. And she started to go, "Oh, don't get tight. You're playing in front of Justin Bieber. Don't mess up any shots." And I just always imagine that they are super chill and fine about it. But, like, she got – it was very, very funny. So do you – like, what blows my mind is you're all elite athletes, right, doing your thing out on the court. Like, to me, if you're playing in front of 30,000 people, I mean, that feels like a big enough thing to make me go tight and not be able to breathe and yeah. stuff up every shot I then play. Yeah. But that's not what's undoing her. It's – the Bieber being in the well, house. Well, the interesting thing. <laughs> it's Biebs. Oh, the Biebs. Sorry. Baby, so baby. Um, and I'm pretty sure she had that running through her head. Yeah. But, uh, no, she, it was, it was just so interesting because I think 
in tennis, there's so much time. You know, they're yeah, pl- that's they're playing a for really hours. Good point. And you're riding this emotional wave of like, you know, maybe you're in the flow and everything's kind of coming off nicely in the racket and all of that sort of stuff. And then all of a sudden on the big screen you see Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah, it would really jolt you out of your... And he had a very interesting pair of sunglasses on. Were they like a pair of goggles? They did look somewhat like goggles, mm. but I'm pretty sure they were sunglasses. Okay. But, you know, you see Biebs up on the screen and you go, oh, this is a lot now. a lot. US Open, whatever. <laughs> anyway, Coco is doing an amazing job. Just quickly, who was the biggest person that ever watched you swim? I think the Queen. Oh, no way! <laughs> go, 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 go. What? She came to the pool? The Commonwealth Games. 2006 Commonwealth Games. Was she in Australia yeah. for that? She, she loves a bit of sport. Loves a bit of sport. She does love the equestrian. I just didn't pick her for the pool deck. Knew Libby was swimming. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, there. got to get there. Yeah. Libby Lenton's up. <laughs> that was one of your best mates. Thank oh, you. so you had her. She was watching. She was on deck and you performed outstandingly. Yeah, and I got presented by, I think it was John Howard. Wow. Gave me a little smooch on the cheek. Oh, that's inappropriate. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> this really took a turn. <laughs> anyway, can I just tell you one other amazing story from Coco. the US Open? No, uh, it, well, yes, it does actually have a bit to do with Coco, but Caroline Wozniacki, yes. who previously was a world number one incredible athlete, tennis player, she retired quite a number of years ago, had two babies within like less than 18 months, I'm pretty sure, mm. And now less than a year. Yeah, I know. You know what that's like. That's (laughs) hectic, dude. But imagine that, Georgie, Mm. and then coming back less than a year later to play the US Open and getting into the second second week. That's incredible. Yeah. She got beaten by Coco Goff, but uh, a Goff? Yeah. Coco Goff. I'm glad we've locked down her last name three quarters into this segment. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) We're sportish. We're talking all things sportish. We don't need to know details. Hi, I'm Jasmine and I'm the Corporate Comms Manager at Poolworks and I love sport because I love the crowd, I love the atmosphere, I love the passion. gets me every time. Just quickly, the AFLW kicked off over the weekend. Oh, cool. Yes. I forgot about that. I knew you would. That's why I'm just reminding you. Thank you. Putting it in there for you. (laughs) Um, And I was doing some research into what the crowds look like. Interested to see how it went off the back of the Matildas. Well, it's we're just on the Matildas wave right now, so I feel like all women's sport should be lifted. Yeah, lifted. And they have had some really good crowd numbers first weekend out. And then I had a look at what they've changed this season and what they're doing around. Tickets and marketing and all that sort of thing because they're still trying to work out, they're still trying to perfect the format. Yeah, okay. So they've been trying to find the right place in the calendar, trying to work out how to position it alongside the men's AFL. That was the same with the NRLW, hey? Yeah, and I think the NRLW, so just to recap, they have expanded more slowly. They have... Timed, Versus the AFLW. Which exp- has expanded very quickly. Yeah. Has gone the full 18 teams in a short space of time, which can, not necessarily saying this has happened, but it can mean that your talent pool is stretched a lot thinner mm. because you haven't had the time to build your teams, to build your rosters, to get things up to the level for a very robust competition. The NRLW 
has timed their season so that their finals coincide with the men's finals and they'll run it as a doubleheader, which was epic last year. I love that. It was such a great atmosphere. It was so brilliant for those teams to play in front of such an enormous crowd. Uh, The AFLW will finish later, but they've started their season in a bye round for the AFL. So the AFL, all the teams Mm. had a a match off before they head into finals and that's when they've slotted in and launched AFLW. Interesting. I felt like I took a really long time to tell you that story. No, but do we think that's going to work? I think they're still trying to figure it out. It doesn't give as much opportunities for the double headers. Mm. And there was some critique of the fact that they launched and they said, you know, they put like pink lights on at the MCG and a lot of the commentary was, well, will they get to play there very often? And the answer is no. They're not playing in the big ticket arenas necessarily. Mm. They're mostly out in suburban grounds. I just feel like that's a missed opportunity as well. Like I feel like to really elevate women's sport in those codes, you kind of have to, I I mean, I don't like using the word, but like piggyback off, off the crowds that are already established in there for the men's teams and introduce people that way. I'll have a look. There's every possibility there are some double headers. It just didn't seem to be a feature. But what they have done is they've made it mainly $10 a ticket. Great. Many of the stadiums are complimentary for kids. Amazing. Which is brilliant. And some uh, matches remain unticketed. So just turn up and watch. Amazing. So there's great accessibility around the AFLW um, and they've also lengthened the quarters. So Ooh. what they're trying to find is the right balance of, I guess, competitiveness. And by lengthening the quarters, they're going to, they think that's going to create more fatigue mm. and therefore more opportunity for goal scoring. It's, it's so interesting because we can have all of these opinions, right, about how to do a particular sport. But what I love is that they're trying different things. I know, things. I like, know. They're tinkering. Yeah. They're trying to work out what's going to work in the market. What? Because like all sports, you've got to try and work out what's going to appeal to the spectators, what's going to make it a really competitive match. It's, mm. you know, you think about what they did with cricket and how they looked at the test format and figured out that it needed to evolve and change and yep. we ended up with one day cricket and now we have T20 and that's sort of revolutionised how cricket's played, not always for the better, Mm. but definitely has changed it. And AFL is playing around and trying to work out, okay, length of matches, length of quarters. Accessibility to to crowds. How do we get the people in? How do we get them excited about it? And and do we need to give it some breathing space away from the men's game, so launching it in a buy round so that it's got its prominence? So interesting. I know. (laughs) I know. I think we just have to wait and see. Mm. But you will be able to find your local AFLW team, um, there's 18 of them. Go and pick one. Just follow them. Just yep. keep an eye out. See how they go. Go to a free match. Go take your kids to a free match. Why not? Go take yourself to a free match. Why not? Hi, this is Ellie Cole, Australia's most decorated female Paralympian. And I love sport because it can absolutely break your heart, but it really does shape who you are and all of those moments of success as well. Have you heard about the Savannah Bananas? I have seen this come across my social media very briefly. They started bubbling up in my feed 
a little while ago. For those who don't know, the Savannah Bananas. And I will say, ban- I'm going to say bananas because it rhymes with Savannah. Okay, because it is bananas. But if you said Savannah Bananas, but they say it as bananas. They say Savannah Bananas. They say Savannah Bananas. Do Not you want me to say Savannah Bananas? Savannah Bananas. No, they don't say it that <laughs> okay. way. Let's say it how they say it. Let's just go be respectful of their culture. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so they are... An American baseball team. From Savannah? Correct. Yeah, you, you, you're catching on so <laughs> Thank quickly. Thank you. <laughs> I would, when they started popping up in my feed, I was like, who the, who the hell are these guys? Are they a legit baseball so, team? Let me tell you the oh, Sorry, I'll wait for the story. Let's <laughs> get my notes and my pencil. Please hold. So they started out as a collegiate summer league from Georgia. It's lower than minor league baseball. Okay. And they wear bright yellow. They So they just started out as like. They've a, leaned into the banana theme. They've, they've gone with the banana theme. But they just started out as like a real life baseball team, like playing for reals. Yeah. But they also decided to up their social media game. <laughs> it's all about In the a, likes and I the mean, clicks, God, guys. It's, it's so, it's such a 2023 move, isn't it? I mean, they did this Are they earlier. on the TikTok? Oh, they're on the TikTok. They're a TikTok <laughs> sensation. So they've upped they, their game and they do things like break into dance on the field, Brilliant. including the umpire, which just cracks me up. <laughs> so they'll be about to pitch the ball and then everybody starts wiggling their shoulders and like doing some arm movements. But are they playing a proper match? But they were playing a proper match. <laughs> right? So fun. It's so fun. Anyway. They got to the point where they were doing so well that if people. Like winning games or just on the TikTok? On the TikTok. (laughs) That people were turning up to their proper, let me refer to it again, collegiate summer league match and being like, where's all the break dancing? Where's all the jumping around Ah. and the singing? I turned up for a show and you're actually playing real life baseball. Interesting. So they then decided to step away from their summer league. So they want to take away from their summer league pals. Yeah. And also, yeah, it must be a bit of a fiasco playing them when there's like. Great. (laughs) It's so funny. So they decided to step back from that proper league and instead become a team that only plays one form of baseball and that's banana ball. Amazing. So they're kind of like. Baseball's answer to the Harlem Globetrotters. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So the but Savannah we, Bananas are going to go tour the world and, you know, it'll be Savannah Bananas against the world kind of thing. Yes. Yes. So they have actually had to create their own opposition team. Love this. Love all of it. Called the Party Animals. <laughs> um, <laughs> and when and when they play. People are weird. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. But also, like, can I tell you, their following outnumbers every franchise of Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, and the NHL. The NHL is a National Hockey League. So their following is bigger than every other team that plays proper professional sport (laughs) because they are outstanding at breaking into dance and song during a match. They also have these cool rules. They call them banana rules. 
uh, banana ball rules where like if a fan catches a foul ball, mm. the batter is out. If a fan puts their glove out and catches the ball, you're out. So, so the fans are involved. Stealing to first base is allowed, which means that you can be in the batter's box and without even hitting the ball, you can just sprint to first base. Amazing. Which I just was like, that's brilliant. And walks have been replaced by sprints. So if you get walked, Ooh. so if you get four balls in the batter's box, you have to sprint up to first base. <laughs> just love it. I just, most recently I just saw um, Brian from Backstreet Boys. Yes. Oh. He made a, do they have cameos all the time? No, I think this is new. I haven't seen. It should be a banana ball rule. Right. It, because aren't you then sitting there going, how does Brian go? In the batter's box, will he get to right first base? I don't know. He wants it that way. <laughs> I'm Nikki Shields from Thrive PR and I love sport because it is a different kind of atmosphere. Anything's off the table. There's different kinds of passion going on and it's the sense of community for one common goal. I've watched something, Georgie. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. What have you watched? Uh, so, you know, there's that series on Netflix called Untold. I'm obsessed with it. I'm right? absolutely obsessed. And I tell everyone about it and I'm that person who tells people that I've already told and it's really embarrassing. Are they all sports related? Because all of the ones that I've seen seem to be sports related. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think that's the vibe of them. Huh, cool. Anyway, I watched one recently called Swamp Kings. Is this about the Gators? Florida Gators. <sighs> Florida Gators. I, so... Katie Walker, who we've spoken to on this podcast before, have we? Friend of the pod? Friend of the pod. She was telling me about it. Or just a friend, I don't know. (laughs) Look, she's a friend. She's also (laughs) an excellent trainer. But she was saying to me, I've got to watch the one of the Gators. And I was like, oh, I didn't know there was another one out. Yes, there is. Called Swamp Kings. Right. Uh, I think they call it Swamp Kings because maybe their field is called Swamp, the Swamp head down to the swamp. Yeah, Isn't that, that part of the States is all swampy. about swamps. Yeah. That's why there's alligators and stuff. Yeah, there you go. Gators. I didn't put See that together. Bounce and ball. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> connecting those dots for me. Um, so the, the coach of the Gators during this period of time was a guy called Urban Meyer and he basically created this environment which was like super hardcore. Apparently his upbringing was. Was it military? Military. And they had like some incredible athletes during this period of time. I have to preface this with saying that this is college football. So this isn't the NFL. Yeah, but college sport in America is ridiculous. ridiculous. It's huge. Like over 90,000 people watching like each ni- game. Like 92,000 people just turned up for a women's volleyball women's match. Women's volleyball match. Like college sport in America is unbelievable. These people don't get paid. They are amateur athletes. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, they do get paid and they're probably all on scholarships and they're having their tuition paid for. Okay. They're not this, getting... it's, it's, a, it's an important... Do you know how expensive college is in America? Yes, Outrageous. very. Very expensive. Anyway, details, continue. <laughs> but they're also not getting paid. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, it's amazing. It's an amazing documentary. They talk about how they won, they were kind of on this winning streak and they had a missed opportunity in one of the years. And for me, the standout, like, I mean, it's a whole thing. It's really, really interesting. Would totally recommend watching it. But the standout element of the documentary was that when the joy left the team and when the joy left the sport and became just absolutely so serious and so intense, that's when they lost. 
that's when they weren't able to work together as a team. It's when they weren't able to perform to the level that all of these individual star athletes, um, they weren't able to, to, to lift and rise to that, to that moment. And that's actually a, a big challenge for a lot of them. Like they, they still feel that emotion of, of missing oh, that wing. No. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that was, that was so good. Uh, and Untold is on Netflix. Netflix. And this is the part where I have to admit that I thought it might have been the story about how Gatorade came to be made. <laughs> Close. Not quite. Go watch it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Sports Social. We so enjoy bringing you these episodes and if you have a friend who you think would enjoy these sports chats please share it with them and let them know about us and we absolutely love receiving your feedback and your reviews it totally lights us up if you are enjoying this kind of sports content head over to our instagram page at the sports social podcast otherwise we will chat to you next week bye bye